0: Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed and it's another week, another podcast and guys this might be our last with just audio only. We might be switching over to video podcasting soon.
1: So apparently that's the word. I'm kind of glad we're not doing it today because I am one exhausted black man and you don't need to see this brother up here half asleep on this podcast. I'm going to be pretty moody, so you two need to watch your P's and Q's.
2: (laughs) Well, hold on a minute. I got to look at you guys. Have you guys even gotten a haircut or shaved in in the past couple months? I actually
1: have not and I am finally getting my first one on Tuesday, so... I will be in good fighting shape by next weekend, hopefully.
2: I've seen Kyle's (laughs) hair, man. That thing is pretty tall. Yeah, I I saw Kyle (laughs) the other day, and he is, like,
0: rocking that thing. (laughs) Hold on. So I got a haircut, like, once uh, before the quarantine happened, and then I just let it grow, and I think I had, like, Goku hair for, like, the next month, and then my mom finally helped (laughs) me chop off, some of the sides mom. and then she wow. a- yeah man and then she asked you if i do, wanted to cut off it. the top if i wanted to cut off the top i was like no just leave it <laughs> <laughs> i actually like it it's pretty cool man yep. for now it's gonna go go be called
1: to- the goku <laughs>
0: yep exactly um so we have a lot to talk about in r&b this week as we always do even though it's a quarantined week there's always stuff to talk about Uh, Last week we had some sad news with the passing of a couple of legends, so I figured this week hopefully we have a happier podcast, so can I give you guys some good news and some fun facts? Alright. Sure. And you guys will be really excited about this one. Uh, First of all, Chris Brown has now charted 100 songs on the Hot 100. That's exciting.
1: Oh, jeez. I thought we were going to start this off with something exciting and not something whack. (laughs) <laughs> listen I now, I, now, I will Ed. give props I will give props because I know that's your boy I will give props to the man for charting 100 songs on the billboard whatever whatever but as I said in the Soul and stereo cypher a few days ago it's pretty easy to chart 100 songs when you're dropping 200 songs a year we asked the cypher we were like can you who can name some of these charting songs and this is a group filled with R and B music fans. And people mm. were like, uh, uh, no guidance? Like it, play it When you look at the charts, you would not believe some of the stuff that's charting. It's yeah. just random. Good point.
0: We were gonna do an R and B trivia, Ed, to have you name all one hundred, but you clearly <laughs> demonstrated that you won't be able to do it, so we're just gonna move on from this.
1: Well, I was saving the honors for the cousin Chris fan on the podcast. That would be yourself. Fan before family. So this was your opportunity to hit the ground running. I'm sure you could give us two before tapping out.
0: Uh, yeah, we're going to move on uh, to our other fun fact. Can we <laughs> right, do I thought that so. Uh, our other fun fact here. Um, Tom, do you remember the classic legendary five-star Fat Joe song with Ashanti, What's Love? Of course, oh,
2: man. God. I love that song. I downloaded that song illegally on... I think it was called Winamex or something like that before anyone even knew about it. I had it. I was wow. blasting it in my Acura Integra. Man, I was so cool <laughs> back in college.
1: Oh my god. I hope you got arrested for that, and I hope they got arrested for that song, because it was not good. Mm. Well,
0: here's your fun fact. I just saw it on Twitter, because uh, Fat Joe was on was with Ashanti on Instagram Live, I think it was yesterday, and he revealed to everyone, including Ashanti, because Ashanti didn't know this, that when that song was presented to Fat Joe from Irv and Ja, they were pitching the idea of having Jennifer Lopez sing the hook. Ashanti's was actually just the demo. They wanted to have J-Lo sing the hook, have it be like the Latino anthem. Yeah. So my question to you guys is would that song have been just as big? Would it have been bigger? I mean, the song is huge as it is, but What if J-Lo sang that song?
1: 2002 J-Lo sang... And and I will say, Twitter had a meltdown and was going crazy about this. But 2002 J-Lo was kind of a big deal, especially with that Murder Inc. crew. It would have been just as big, if not bigger, because it may have crossed over a little bit. I do think that some of the fans who like it now might not enjoy it as much because it would have kind of crossed into a different lane. But yeah, it definitely would have still been successful. As a, and again, I'm no fan of the song either way, because between a shot, is has got to do. Between the Cookie Monster and Tweety Bird, it's not really my favorite <laughs> joint. Tweety Bird, oh my goodness.
2: That's, That's such not disrespect, cool. man. To a multi-platinum artist, can you believe that? I will say, <laughs> I, hold on, hold on. If you think about it, the Ja Rule and J-Lo songs that he had, he had two, I think, huge hits for her. Were they much bigger than this Fat Joe song with Ashanti? Mmm.
0: I think I'm it was on the same level. Yeah, they were a same little level. bigger. I think I'm so Real was I, a little bigger. But, so, yeah.
2: well, So that's, a, that's the point I'm trying to make. I don't think it could have gone that much higher, but, you know, ar- probably around the same.
0: Fair enough. And shout out to Ashanti in that music video. That was the start of a Hall of Fame career. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, Ed, uh, last week we were trying to figure out what Keith Sweat is doing during this quarantine time. And uh, actually, I was just scrolling through my Instagram before this. And Keith Sweat and Teddy Riley are actually putting together a Sweat Hotel Live concert. It's actually free, too. So Keith is not getting the bag on this one. But 112 and Next (laughs) are going to be performing (laughs) On Instagram as part of Sweat Hotel Live. Can we give Keith a shout out for
1: pushing the culture forward? Player, you just made my day. I had not heard about this, so this is breaking news to me. You just enlightened and made me joyous. I got to find a date for this thing because you know I will be front and center for this concert. I
2: haven't even heard about this either. How is this even going to work? Because Next is in three different cities.
0: Hmm. That is a good question here.
2: Is one twelve even in the same room? I mean, when you when you them, they weren't together.
0: Oh well, when I interviewed Mike, they were.
2: Oh, they were okay. All
0: right.
2: Yeah, Mike and so. Slim
0: were together. So, yeah. No. Well, but some pretty that, that's a pretty cool concept. I just hope that because we've seen with these Instagram lives, with ours included, Tom, some of this, some of these Wi-Fi connections that the, these oh. artists have, <laughs> it's like equivalent to AOL circa two thousand and one. Listen, guys,
2: I'm not going to call anyone out, but there was one artist I was scheduled to interview that couldn't even figure out how to go live with me. I'm sorry, but, you know, come on, this is 2020. you got to figure out technology.
1: Well, see, here's the thing, player. I'm not even going to judge some people because there are some. we got to understand that some folks, there are different skill levels when it comes to technology. Here's why I have no sympathy, though. If you know you have an Instagram Live, if you know you're doing a versus ballet, Nelly, and you don't know what your internet speed is, you don't know how to get on Instagram Live, you better ask your niece or nephew or grandson to be like, hey, I got to do this thing next week. Can you come yeah. to my house and make sure I got Instagram on my phone? I just don't understand why people don't test this stuff until two minutes before it's time to go live. Or they just do it and like I don't know what I'm doing. But hey, you knew you signed up for the interview or the battle or the whatever. Work out the kinks. Be a professional. What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> would you guys
0: ever get so desperate to the point where like if your Wi-Fi didn't work that you would turn that off and use your data? I Man, did do that, no, like, that all the time. I've been doing that. Wow.
2: I've unlimited, wow. so I mean
0: it's all good. Your phone must heat up like really fast.
2: It does, man. It's
0: Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, it's uh, crazy times right now, but Tom, is it R&B trivia time? I think you have one prepared for Ed. Oh, man, Ed, I can't wait. I love
2: these, Ed, because you never win on these, so that's what makes it fun.
1: Never win on these? I guarantee you that if you hit anybody else in the world, they would do a fraction of what your boy does. So, what you got this week?
2: I think we tried something like this before we're going to try it again. I'm going to name mm-hmm. I have 5 R&B groups pretty well known in fact they all all have had huge hits. All you need to do is name one member of each group. Okay. And wow. you can do this. And
1: Oh it depends. One. Some
2: of them I can't do. And this is the early 90s edition. I think I think last time we did like a early 2000s or late 90s so this is even more Memorable and anyone listening along, you know, listening to this podcast, and give them a, give them a few seconds to think about it before you just cool, you know, shoot it out there. Alright, ready? The first one is
1: Brownstone. Oh this <laughs> shout out to my R and B Divas fans for this one. If y'all know R and B Divas, you know the answers <laughs> to this. You ready?
2: Time's up. Time's up. Who you got?
1: Nikki, Miss Nikki Gilbert.
2: Yep, correct. Hey. Could you name any others?
1: Nope. <laughs> I'm telling Baby. you, I'm terrible at, at group names, especially in the early nights. I can see all their faces, but the names, eh, I might be able to name one or two. Current members are
2: Nikki Gilbert, Tisha Lott, Aaron Jackson. Past members are Monica, Mimi, Doby, Davis, Charmaine, Maxie Maxwell, who passed away, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, but I remember Kena, that.
2: Kina Cosper, Raquel Roberts, and Kimberly Wright. It
1: was that many members of Brownsville? Gee.
2: I didn't read the whole bio, but yeah, those said past members.
1: Well, I'm sure you Nikki will be, be Drew sending Hill you a Strongly
0: bad. World email. I think Drew Hill was bad. <laughs> I- look at brownstone
1: yeah no, no one's as bad as As yet trust me
2: I, they're not on this list but we might have to revisit that someday but moving on the next one for <laughs> you is and this group only has three members no past members it is the group Jade
1: oh my gosh no I can't do Jade
2: anyone out there maybe one of our can listeners me- can but I we'll can give you five more seconds and eh. so the three members are D. Reed, Joy Marshall, and Tanya Kelly. Joy,
1: yep, I remember Joy. Did she do some solo material? Joy I don't did. I remember
2: so-
1: that. She is, and I don't know if I don't want to say she's the lead singer or anything like that because I can't tell them apart. But Joy definitely was the one who stood out, whether in interviews or doing stuff. So she okay. was definitely out, out out on the scene.
2: All right, number three of five. The next
1: group is Troop. Oh my gosh, Troop!
2: <laughs> you hey, you got to get this Kyle, one. My boy, Kyle too. My
0: boy yeah, is Kyle's in this group.
1: Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle knows Troop like that. I'm impressed.
0: Oh yes. Actually, I might even know two
1: members. Let's let Kyle try. I'm confident. Let like Kyle try it. I'm not I don't know if I can do truth.
0: Oh, little Steve Russell. That's my yes. guy.
1: Yep.
2: Who else?
0: I think there's a guy named Alan, but that's all Alan I remember. Allen McNeil.
2: Close enough.
0: There you go. <laughs> John,
2: John, John, Harold, Rodney Benford, and Reggie Warren.
0: Wait, John, John? No. Silk John, John? Not that John. John, John from, not, not that...
1: <laughs> Now okay, you, not, you not, know I know that John, John, not him. <laughs>
2: Moving on, and if anyone out there is listening and you got some of these right, hit us up. Let us know. That's pretty impressive. Even Ed couldn't get any of these. The next no, one, these is, early ones.
1: Ooh. The next one is shy. Oh, that's another easy one. Easy, and I'll explain Bef- why. Yeah, I'll explain Before why. Before you I'm name in a
2: anything. Before you name anything, they've had four current members and four past members. Yep. You knew that?
1: Yeah. Shy was a. They were kind of a big deal in their day.
2: They're not a one hit wonder?
1: Mm, no. They had at least two hits.
2: If What's I ever falling in love hit?
1: and Comforter they were. They were Comforter was pretty big, too. Com- they have a song called Comforter? Yes. Not, the, they not a, the thing you put on your bed. They wrote a song about Good. a blanket? and <laughs> you need we need to wrap this up, speaking of blankets. can I just get the answer? <laughs> yes, yes, Garfield, let me tell you why, because the ladies love some Garfield mm.
2: all right, do you know any of the others?
1: Uh, there was like a there was a dude named. George, and I only remember that because that's my dad. Yes. Other than yes. that, I can't take the rest of them.
2: Current wow. members, Darnell Van Rensselaer, Garfield. Darnell! Bright, Darnell Jones, not that guy. A different <laughs> Darnell. <laughs> Dwayne Jones and George Spencer III. Past members, Carl Martin, Mark Gay, Eric Willis, and Jeff Talley.
1: Huh! I don't think they. I didn't realize they ran through so many members either.
2: And they have two They're hits due to their for name whatever it. happened to. Yeah, it's, and you should write about their second hit about a blanket when you write that article.
1: I'll be sure to credit that to you as well. <laughs> Good lord! But no, right, the final. <laughs> they had they had several hits off that first album. They did that thing. All right, last group,
2: Allure. Who?
1: Who? Allure Mariah Carey's group? Oh Allure, okay. Oh. No, I just didn't hear what you were saying. I wasn't like, no. who are these whack people? No, I know Allure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is a tough one. Okay? And, no, and shout, t- shout shout out to Allure. They they actually came into one of our live interviews and shouted us out. So Oh, that's what's up. But yeah, I mean, it might be a tough one.
1: Now, they remember, there were four, and one of them is no longer with him. So I can't remember, like, who bounced or not. So I may be saying a past member. But I do know at least one. All right, go ahead. Lelisha. Who? Lelisha.
2: Oh, yes, yes, correct. Lalisha Sanders. Is one of the members. How do you
1: know that? Mm-hmm. Because I, I was a pretty big Allure fan back in the day. There was like really? a, Alicia, not a Yeah. They, I was. I If you had told me in 1998. Who to bet the house on. To be like the next big R&B female group. Would have bet the house on Allure. Mm-hmm. They had Laleisha. Wow. They had. It was like a. What was her name? Like. I'm blanking on a name like Harriet or something like that. Harriet, and then it was it was something like that. Hemley. So it was a, Hemley. Okay, okay, Hemley. Close enough. It was all, like, right. all right. But it was an Alicia, and then it was like an Aaliyah, and then it was Aaliyah
2: right. Gray. Yes, correct. Last one. Can you name it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I,
2: uh let me think. Let me think. I'll send you a dry chicken sandwich if you get this one.
1: Um, You can keep your dry stuff in the mail. Kyle will eat it. He's anything. I give I'll up. Who tell was you. the last one? Akissa Mendez. Yes, I remember her face. Yes. Jeez. Like I said, I was my little dude. Yes.
2: Wow. Who is
1: the one that's no longer with him?
2: No, her name is Hemley, a.k.a. Lenny Belcher. I, d- I don't know.
1: No, she didn't she die, pass did man? she?
2: She just left no, the
1: group. No, no, she 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 left the group.
2: Yeah. Interesting. So that's that's it. Good job, Ed. You, um, you failed on all, all five.
1: Uh, actually, I got most of them, so chill out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Tom, fun fact for you. Garfield from Shy is a teacher at Georgia State University. He's working on his Ph.D.
2: Wow. That's pretty impressive. Look, look
1: at that.
0: How do so, you even know that? Shadows... I'm on the internet right now, and apparently, Shy put out an album a couple years ago. Wait, we knew that already. Mm.
1: We knew that. Just go yes, listen to did. the archives <laughs> of that. We had a lot <laughs> to say about that.
2: Kyle, yep. Kyle Garfield yep. is actually following us on Instagram, but we're not following him back. FYI,
1: that's terrible. Um, follow that man. He's a genius. <laughs> he's a PhD. In the latest, his like profile him. says PhD.
0: That's interesting.
1: Kyle did it. <laughs> shout outs
0: to garfield but is shout this like a real garfield. phd or is it like one of those like fake phds that celebrity like people get like i think spectacular has a phd as well
1: i was gonna say i'm sure it's more real than whatever spectacular is but
2: <laughs> all i know is shout that i hate this guy you'd hate this guy his profile on instagram says he's plant-based
1: Ugh. Why are you upset that he's plant based? As long as he's not cooking for me, we're okay.
2: I I say that's pretty cool, Ed. You you would hate that. You could never survive that. Ed, no, I would not survive that. (laughs) He's definitely a better man. He can be
1: plant based all over there, all over there. Long he can sing (laughs) for me, just don't cook for me.
0: (laughs) That's good, Ed. You're you're not a fan of Brussels sprouts.
1: They are the most disgusting vegetables on earth. That's Brussels sprouts. Ow. <laughs> what about asparagus? They are, uh, asparagus I are pretty eat that crap. gross. Are you kidding me? I pretty wow. much so don't anything green. Asparagus wow. can be good, but most of the time they're not good. It's like a Chris Brown album. Like, it should be good, <laughs> but most of the time you're going to be disappointed. He compared a Chris Brown
2: it, album to a piece of disgusting vegetable wow.
1: that's exactly have you heard indigo
2: <laughs> no i haven't i plan to keep it that
1: well way. then good for you and exciting news for you it turns out
0: i have had okra before it's not good
1: it is awful whoever told you yeah. okra was good was lying to you you're probably a rihanna <laughs> fan well.
2: well wait hold on Ed. i don't know what's going Ed, on what is the if you would relate one R and B album or artist to cauliflower, who would it be? Oh
1: my gosh. What is a like the most this bland, but you gotta put some features on it to make it good. You could if it got some cheese or some salt or something, it's good, but if it's just a bland, straight joint, you're gonna be bored.
2: Actually, don't answer that question. Let's keep it moving. We don't wanna hurt anyone's feelings right now.
1: I, <laughs> I don't want to upset anybody i'll be in jail like tank again so i'll leave it alone
0: calm down can we move on and talk about some new music here lord i hope so Spent a third of this podcast talking about vegetables um uh, <laughs> a new record by uh by anthony hamilton here back together featuring rick james
1: I was hoping that you would say something whack so I could be like, yeah, speaking of whack vegetables. But I love this song. I don't know if you two have had a chance to check it out. What a weird combination of artists. Because talk about two people that don't have anything in common. One dude singing about Mary Jane. The other dude's crying over Charlene. But for some reason, this song really works.
2: You know what's crazy? Um, I haven't heard it yet It's produced by our boy Ninth Wonder Shout out to him, one of the best producers But I've seen some pretty bad Some pretty bad feedback About this song, saying it just doesn't work It's not for them I haven't heard it yet, so Ed what, What is it about this song that people would not like As far as an Anthony Hamilton song
1: If you're an Anthony Hamilton Fan going into this I can understand why you wouldn't like it Because it doesn't sound like An Anthony Hamilton track and you saying that Ninth London produced it actually means a lot. Because I was like, who in the world produced this? The beat is great. But again, it's not an Anthony Hamilton beat. I'm not sure where, like what project this would come from. Or if it's from a soundtrack. Or where this song will end up. Because it's not the traditional Anthony Hamilton sound. But as a song just like in a bubble. I thought it was great. I loved it. But do you
2: remember... That um, Anthony Hamilton was on a song that David Banner and Ninth Wonder put out. David Banner and and Ninth Wonder put out an album together. Do you remember that? And Anthony Hamilton was on one of those songs. And that was a such a dope song. And it didn't sound like an Anthony Hamilton song, but it was still
1: super dope. There was, and I can't remember the name of that album. But I absolutely it was like the death of maybe the death of the pop star or something like that. Yes, yes. Yep. I love that album. It was such a surprise and I'm glad you reminded me of it. Because it sounds more along the lines of that. And again, it's not a usual Anthony Hamilton kind of slow burning R and B joint or like a soulful Southern joint. It's not like that at all. But as just a record on its own, I loved it. And it doesn't sound like it would be out of place on that on that album that we just mentioned. I gotta go spin that again. I love that album. Kyle mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> Kyle, I don't mean to hijack this, but this is like when I talked to Stokely a few weeks ago for an interview, and he said fans want to keep artists in their box. They want them to sound like the sound they remember them for when they first discovered them with the memories they have tied into that sound. They, want, they don't want them to progress and innovate their sound. And I think that's part of the problem, why artists like Anthony Hamilton can't do a new sound, because people are not open to that, because they want him to stay in that box he was in from 10, 20 years ago, which is unfair.
1: And it's a catch-22. Well, I mean, I in hip-hop, I could use DMX all the time as a comparison, where people are like, well, we want you to be barking and howling at the moon. But then when he does that, it's like, why are you still barking and howling at the moon? Yeah. Boom, give us something new. So you can't win either way. So it's a struggle for artists to kind of evolve and try something new. Because if they do, people are like, oh, you sold out, or what are you doing? And if you don't, they're like, oh, this sounds old and played out. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, Charlene doesn't sound anything like Never Let Go with Carrie Hilson, and that worked. So, Some is it say a matter of work. just...
2: I've seen people say that <laughs> Carrie Hilson's song didn't work, believe it or not. Didn't work? Yeah, I've seen it. Look at our Anthony wow. Hamilton post about our favorite songs by him, where I mentioned that one. And people, people don't wow. want to include that one.
0: That's a great song. Yeah,
1: I, I mean... mean it doesn't yeah. sound like Anthony Hamilton is like his traditional stuff so I can understand the pushback. To me, and I've talked about this a million times in my reviews and on the podcast, if the song is good, it's good. If you're doing something that's completely out of your range and you sound bad doing it, then I have an issue. If Anthony Hamilton is trapping and sounds like the old man trying to keep up using karaoke, then I'm going to have a problem with it. But if he is singing over a ninth Wonder Beat with Rick James for some reason Just saying this makes no sense But for some reason it works as a song And I'm not mad at it because it doesn't sound like 2003 Anthony Hamilton I like that it sounds like 2020 Anthony Hamilton
0: Hmm. Well we'll see what else Anthony Hamilton has in store for us Uh, Another record that dropped Roe James, that's our guy He dropped Plan B with Brandy And his album is set to drop May 29th And it's weird because this time around, Ro doesn't necessarily have a hit like permission like he did with his last album. Mm. And on Twitter, he asked the people, which I'm not sure if it's ever a good thing to ask the people anything. He asked, should I put out my album now or should I wait? And of course, if you ask the fans that, they're all going to say, put it out now. Tom, do you think this was a legitimate question or do you think he was testing the waters or maybe his labels? Uh, label was no, testing um, the water because the album's coming out in like two weeks
2: there was another comment i don't think you caught it but he said something like my album's coming out in two weeks i'm not ready he actually said that like i'm not sure if he hmm. was joking or not but i i really don't think this <laughs> it almost feels like the label is kind of forcing the issue just to get it out there because it's been so long and they invested so much into the single which is a bad thing from the perspective of like potentially the success of the album but for fans, I mean, we love it. We, we've we been waiting on this album. I mean, we can't complain, but I, I can't help but think. like, We know the upside of how well it's going to do. We can clearly see it. I'm sure the label knows. I'm sure Roe knows. So it's kind of unfortunate watching this play out.
1: It's quite unfortunate. And like I said before on the podcast, I feel like everything in 2020 just has to have an asterisk beside it. Because I'm sure it's time for the album to come out, but... Maybe there are circumstances on his end where he couldn't tighten some stuff up. He couldn't get some songs finished. Maybe had some stuff cooking that didn't quite get together. And now the date's here and the, album's like, the label's like time to go. And wrote clearly, if he's saying this publicly, clearly he doesn't feel like this thing is ready. So that's worrying as it is. As far as the song... I'm not a big fan of it. It's not terrible, but it goes back to what I was saying last week. It feels like another one of these songs that just never gets out of first gear. It's okay. I'm waiting for it to crescendo or something to happen. And it's just like this kind of even keel flow throughout. And it just never ramps up to the next level for me. Unfortunately, it's like of all the singles that we've seen from and I'm a huge Row fan. I loved his debut. Nothing is hitting me like really either the album cuts or permission so far. So if he's worried mm-hmm. about the album, I'm worried too.
2: Can I uh See, give my my opinion of what I think happened? I don't think the label ever committed to the single last time, they weren't, be- I don't right. think they ever fully believed in it. And they kind yeah. of did like a token push at radio, which isn't a great setup for an album, in my opinion. Like the way Urban AC is right now. You have a wide open field where you can go number one or at least top five, you know, easily. And that should have been a song that made it if they really believed in it. And I did just didn't see the push happen. I mean, Kyle, what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think last time, that's the, that's the record that samples Usher, right? Can you handle it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it was that song.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I felt like that was a really strong record. And I felt like that probably should have reached the top of the charts, you know, just based on what I heard. And I think you're right. I don't think they truly believed in that song because if they really wanted to, if RCA really wanted to, they could have pushed that single to number one just based on how we've seen Urban AC um, and and how it's been over the last two years, you know, money talks. And I felt like that song had a lot of potential to do it. I don't know what the outcome of this album is going to be, but... Here's what I kind of find interesting. So he finally released this Brandy joint that he's been talking about for like six months now. And it's coming out two weeks before the album. Do you think it would be more effective if he had put it out the week that the album was supposed to drop? Because then people would listen to that album and almost by accident listen to the rest of the album? Because I feel like two weeks... Mm. Even though it's not a lot of time, in today's era, two weeks is a lot of time. So people are going to listen to this song. Hopefully they like it, but if they don't, they're just going to move on, and I fear that Roe James album is just going to be unnoticed.
2: You know what they did, actually? They made that the song you get for free if you pre-order on iTunes or whatever, if you, if you purchase in advance. Mm-hmm. So that was, the, that was the route they went with it, thinking that would drive sales as opposed to getting listens so that was the way they went. I, I, but let me tell you this, Ed. Roe James has never has never seemed like a major label artist to me. And I've known him for many years. I never understood. And this is not a diss to Roe, but like I knew a label wouldn't know what to do with him. Because his sound is so unique. He's not tailor-made for radio. Like He's just such a dope artist that he's not going to go trendy. And I don't know what you think, Ed, but I never felt like it made sense Hundred percent that he was on a label and they would try to make it work.
1: I mean, I guess it makes sense from his perspective as just far as a financial one, and it's kind of like we've talked before how it's like this kind of I don't want to say antiquated mentality, but the way you used to do things. You're talented, you get on a label, you get big, they push you, blah blah blah. This is a different kind of landscape, and I've seen Roll Live. You're a big fan. I'm a big fan. He can't be treated like a regular artist. And we saw this a little bit with like a Tanache. Not to that level, but there was an artist here that was talented and they put her in this block and they were like, okay, we're going to make you this big pop star and blah, blah. And we they pushed her. She was a round peg in a square hole and it did not work at all. Ro hasn't gotten that bad yet, but I fear that he is in a position where it's a really talented dude That the label is trying to push him in spots that just doesn't work for him. He's an artist you have to let just be him and then connect with an audience that way. I'm not sure that's happening and I worry that's going to hurt this project.
0: Well, how do you guys feel? Because I think Miguel is on the same label and imprint as him. And they pretty much, RCA lets Miguel do whatever he wants. Do you feel like that's the right approach?
1: With for a role, I, I feel like a, for a role, if you're going to kind of copy the success of someone, Miguel is the closest as far as someone who's not traditionally a mainstream sound, but somehow it worked. He has fans mm-hmm. that kind of crosses over because they let him be him. Every album that you've heard from Miguel is like completely different because they let him be him and they're not trying to force him in a certain way. If you want to copy a success of someone, that might be the way to go. Right.
0: So that is Ro James. Now, a couple of new artists that I quickly want to talk about here. Chloe and Haley, that's the duo that signed to Beyonce. The two young singers have released their new record, Do It, which I've seen a lot of love for on social media. Victoria Monet wrote it, Scott Storch produced it, and Tom, our good friend, said that this is the 2020 version of Jumpin' Jumpin' by Destiny's Child. Oh who,
1: no, this
2: Who asked for another version of Jumpin' Jumpin' Ed?
1: First of all, let me clarify this to so anybody who hasn't heard <laughs> this song. I have I have heard the song and I, I have always liked Chloe and, and Haley. I thought they were great. I love them. Chloe and Haley are wonderful. But this song to me is the first one that they've had that made me kind of stand up and take notice. I really like this joint. But I never in the I've listened to maybe three four times now. I have never thought to compare it to Jumpin' Jumpin'. And the only reason we're doing that is because we're trying to force the Destiny Child slash Beyoncé comparison on them. Don't do that, y'all. Let them be them. Don't try to make them into the next Destiny Child. Because you're setting them up for failure. Let them be the first one of them.
2: Can I tell you how well, I, I even know of Chloe and Haley? Yes. I heard years ago that they signed up Beyoncé. And then, second of all, my wife is a diehard fan of the show Blackish, so I know mm-hmm. them from that. That's how I'm like, who are those people? And she said, oh, that's Chloe and Haley. I said, oh, okay, I heard of them from signing with Beyonce five years ago. Cool. That's it.
1: <laughs> cool. They are pretty good. I like, what was their album from a couple years ago? Like The Kids Are All Right or something like that. It was pretty decent. Yep. They have a lot of talent, and I like this song a lot. I, this could be them finally. Finding their song, their sound, but Lord, players don't try to make them into Destiny's Child, because that's the quickest way to fail.
0: <laughs> well, a couple of notes about this song here. First of all, I like the song. Um, Scott Storch did a tremendous job on the beat. I'm not sure if I would pay he him did. for an interview, but I, uh, but I would pay him for this beat because that is a fantastic beat. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no one caught that. It's okay. Um and then Victoria Monet, I gotta give her a shout because she's penned some great, great, great records over the last couple of years. And I feel like her time should be coming for her to pop off as a solo act. So and we love Victoria, so this is no shot at her uh with this discussion, but why do you guys think she hasn't pop off popped off yet? Do you and do you think her association with Ariana Grande hinders her career in any way?
1: If anything, Mm -hmm. it probably helps. I don't think it would hinder. I'm going to be very grouchy old Ed right now and say the reason she hasn't popped off has nothing to do with her writing talent, her ability to put out solid songs. We will all agree on this podcast that she can do that. The reason she hasn't popped off is because she hasn't popped off on social media yet. That's what She tries. She's tried. She's I mean, tried, I start seeing the, but it has I hasn't, start seeing the clothes come off, guys. I mean, see, it wasn't like that before. And you, Kyle, will tell you about her. What was the video where she was doing the workouts in the sweaty house? She's oh,
0: that—that's that, a fan, That's a fantastic song, and
1: video. Stuff <laughs> like that. Uh-huh, I bet you can't even sing the hook off of that song, but you can certainly recount the video. But again, it, it goes to my point. I, unfortunately, in twenty twenty. To pop to the level that she deserves, you got to have like this groundswell of social media support. That hasn't happened for her yet. I hate that it kind of supersedes the talent because the talent is there. In another era, she would at least be kind of a. I could see her in the mid 2000s. And if she was there, she could definitely be at a higher level than she is now. But the Twitter ain't popping, the Instagram ain't popping, you ain't popping. And I hate to say
2: it. Well,. My only opinion is, you know, she's definitely talented, super talented. I, don't, I think if she wasn't associated with Ariana Grande, we would have never heard of her at this point, unfortunately. I think that's right. what's kept mm-hmm. her afloat. But re- in reality, if she had come out in the early 2000s, before the social media era, she probably would have been a star. But really, you know, I met her a couple times, and I hate to say this, this is not an insult, but not everyone's a star. I just don't see the charisma. You know, there's not a lot compelling. I, you know, she's just a normal person to me. So, you know, not yeah. everyone has that star that star quality, unfortunately. And yeah. maybe that's what it is.
0: I don't know. Well, Tom, that's I'll something add, that we. I'll add a really nice person too. When we've met her, she's really cool. Super cool, <laughs> super cool.
1: But I think still Tom has a good point, and that's something we don't bring up enough when it comes to star power. That is the biggest thing. It's not even talent a lot of times. Do you exude that star quality that makes people engage with you? That's why social media has been so powerful for some of the less talented among us. Because even if you carry yourself like a star, doesn't matter if you can't sing or whatever. If you look like a star and you get people to invest in your brand, oh, then you're off to the races. And she hasn't had people invest in her brand yet. I can't speak to her character she seems cool. She's like a nice person. She don't seem crazy like half of these people out here. So I want her to win, but I think that's what's held her back.
2: You know who I got that vibe from um when I first met them was Kalani and this was before she had out like her debut. She just had the mixtape out and I never forget when I met her. I just felt I was in the presence of a star, you know, and like right. I n- I don't usually get that from everyone, but I just remember that I always remember that moment. That was like five, six years ago, and now look at her. She's one of the biggest
0: current stars in R&B. Yeah. And she'll be getting a Play of Please award later on today, so we'll talk yeah, about yeah. Kalani later, guys.
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Can't wait to see that. Uh, uh, and then some more cool news for here, uh, for you guys here. Timbaland and Justine Sky are doing like a weekly Instagram Live challenge where Timbaland plays a beat and Justine writes to it. And then at some point, I think Justine's going to put out a mixtape. Of those songs that they're they're writing together, and um, she's gonna put it out. I think that's a pretty cool way to engage your fans. They do it once a week, and it seems to be getting some good responses right now. Ed, yes,
1: Tom was here. Nicole was Nicole Ray not available for this? I'm saying oh nobody holiday my girl. <laughs> I'm sure was she was, was Gina um...
2: Thompson not available to do this feature? I oh. mean, come on, Timbaland. I'm not. Uh,
1: I can't tell you about Gina. I don't know what her phone number is. I actually is. love Justine Sky.
2: Knows. Believe it or not, I'm a fan. But, like, this is just another. It, like, where does this even make sense on the level of how did these two even connect? I don't get it.
1: Well, I'm well, still excited for the project. It seems like a really cool thing. Lord knows yeah. where Gina is. So you could. Lo- y'all can interview her. It's definitely available. <laughs> yes, my girl is around. Oh, I still love that album. <laughs> She uh, will Justine forever get a pass that should,
0: be in our, uh, should be in our Hall of Fame. Shout out to Justine Sky. What oh my God. Oh God. Hall of Fame? The Instagram Hall of Fame.
2: Kyle, can you? All right. This guy. All right. Where's Barry right, Bars relax. when you that
0: guy? Jeez.
1: <laughs> get a Somebody get a pitcher of cold water, throw it on this boy's lap, <laughs> and have him calm down.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple of albums that are set to drop here John Legend June 19th he's set to drop his new single soon produced by Eric Hudson that's an exclusive for you guys because I was just talking to EHUD on the DMs um, and then Alicia Keys her album was supposed to come out last week um, and that was after the first pushback when the album was supposed to come out in March I looked at Amazon today and the album is set for December 31st 2020 oh. are, are hey, Ed, we ready?
2: Ed can I just ask you a question Please do. Why do I have literally zero excitement for either, as an R&B
1: fan? Why do I have zero excitement for either of these albums? Of course, you have zero excitement of as an R&B fan. Unfortunately, go back and look at history. When was the last time either of these artists gave us an album that really knocked so that just like knocked our socks off? That was like, okay, this is it. For Alicia, it's been a good decade. For John Legend, I can't even tell. So I understand why people are a little hesitant, especially since the singles haven't been that great. I did like the one John Legend single. I'm forgetting the name of it. That one was okay. But Alicia, I know everyone was all shocked on Friday that the album didn't come out. I don't know why. All of the (laughs) singles have been pretty much a bust. Her, as we've discussed many times on the podcast, from the touring to the rollout of the album, everything has been kind of a mess. A lot of it probably out of her control due to Corona. We get that, but I'm not at all shocked that her album got pushed back or if anybody gets pushed back in this era, anything that you had planned to do prior to like March of this year, just throw it out the window because the game has changed and everything got tossed aside. And as far as the music, it ain't nothing to get your boy excited about. So I cannot blame you for not being too hyped about it. Mm -hmm.
0: Tom, I do have this theory that if an album is to come out right now, it's just, a write, uh, it's just the labels trying to throw it out and calling it a tax write-off, because <laughs> I don't expect any major uh. releases to come out until we get this all straightened out, this corona situation. Well, you're probably right, Kyle, but in all seriousness, I almost feel like Alicia's in this uncomfortable
2: spot where she's a big celebrity, but you know the interest in her music just is no longer there like it once was, so it's like her expectations for how well she should do is out of this world. But it doesn't seem like that many people actually care like they should. You know, it's just weird.
0: Yeah. But we'll see what she does. Can never count Alicia Keys out. So we shall see. Album is set to drop out and drop in December now, apparently. But that might just be like a generic date that Amazon put on because they don't know either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you check the year? Did it say December 2020 or was it like December 2025?
0: I, I have to double-check. Uh, Brandy's album is coming out July 31st, so there's hope there. Um, I got some uh, hot-burning questions for you guys today. Are you guys ready? Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, Ed's boy, Takashi69, uh, was on what? Twitter ranting. Relax. Uh, he has a new song out, and he was projected to go number one on Billboard because his song has like the most streams ever on the internet. But magically, Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber's new song is now number one. Six 69 took it to Twitter to say that labels are paying for songs to hit number one. And he's not happy about these weird bundles that labels are doing to get their fans to stream or buy these songs, um, you know, to better the chart performance. So my question to you guys is, should... These bundles, these merch bundles, these ticket bundles—should that be a factor in chart success? Because I know it does drive up sales, but does Takashi Six
1: Nine have a point here, Ed? First of all, I'm anybody. Takashi Six Nine, Takashi Snitch Nine, talking about <laughs> something being weird is pretty funny for somebody who looks like a dealish Ninja Turtles villain. Oh, but wow. I will digress on that. When it comes to the bundles, we talked about this a few times in the past. I know there was this big controversy last year with DJ Khaled and Tyler the Creator because Tyler beat him and he was mad because he had the bundles and I should have been number one and they took the bundles and then they added the bundles back. It's really confusing. And I can't even say that it's a product of the era because there were kind of some... Fuzziness going on even back in the day with labels doing kind of weird things and buying up a bunch of albums to give away for free to kind of start charting success. So this isn't necessarily new, but it's still worrisome from the point of a fan. When you look at somebody like this weirdo who just drops a song out of nowhere, everybody listens to it, not because it's good, but they listen to it out of curiosity. They're like, oh, here comes this weird guy. Let me hear. It. And he's rewarded for being a sideshow. And then these streams are driving up. I don't know if you heard this, Kyle, not long ago, a couple days ago. Your boy Future, R and B superstar, apparently according to Twitter, oh. his new album, went gold in thirty minutes. Why? Legend because of streams. Legend. Wow. That does not it does not mean and we have equated success. With quality. And there is no way that that album going. First of all the album is like an hour and a half long. So I know y'all ain't listening to it like that. We're all just streaming it and going crazy. It just is such a worrisome time. Where people are getting rewarded. Not because the music is good. Not because people stood in line to get it. I know we can't stand in line. So that just go with my metaphor here. People aren't standing in line and clamoring. To get this music because it's good. Or because people are really out here to support the artists there are all these weird tricks that we're doing with the numbers and the streaming and the algorithms to boost this stuff up why do you think we're seeing all these all of these long-time records in billboard getting broken like every other week there's somebody who smashed some new record michael jackson the beatles all these guys records who have stood for decades getting beat by Nicki minaj in like a weekend come on now It's because of the way the system is set up. Billboard.com just released an article that talked about the streaming culture and how their fans like the Beehive and what's the little um, the K-pop group, Kyle? BTS. Not B2K. BTS. Yes, those dudes. Not B2K. Those are 106 and part K-pop group. But it was talking about how these groups will come out and there are pockets in these groups. Like crazy moms and stuff who were like, be like, okay, guys, the album is coming out. We are going to work to stay up all night to get the streaming numbers up. And they look at the charts meticulously. They're like looking to see if they can beat everybody. I love Keith. I love Keith. I want every album that he drops to go quadruple platinum. Do you think I'm staying up all night to stream his albums on repeat? just so the numbers, and calling all of my friends and setting up these little chats to do this stuff? No, because uh, I'm a grown man and got to work in the morning. I, I disagree. I ain't I, it doing sounds it.
0: like something you would do, Ed. It sounds like something you <laughs>
1: would do. Uh, if you pay me enough, maybe. If Keith ain't put enough, he ain't gave me the bag yet. Keith got the bag. Uh, <laughs> but there... my. I will end this rant by saying this. I don't like how we have... Whether bundles or not should be included is kind of weird, and yes, that has always been something that's been part of music culture, for better or worse, actually for worse, for decades, but it's just so easy to game the system now, and it makes me so mad that this little boy who looks like a walking bag of Skittles has a number one just because he came out of hiding and was like, hey, y'all, I'm back. Look at my multicolored fangs. And everyone streams to see what goofy stuff that he has. And he almost gets the number one song out of it. It's whack. hmm. Tom, I saw a
0: video that was really interesting. Someone was streaming the Doja Cat song on like 10 different streaming devices. They had three of their laptops oh open and like four of their iPads and two of their phones. That was a scene. That was something great to see.
2: If you're doing oh that, you need to reevaluate your whole life. If that is that important to you, man, get a new hobby, please, or something.
1: <laughs> please. like I, I, I love Doja. Before everybody was hyped off of this song pretty recently, you will remember last year. I said that her album was the surprise album of 2019. It was so good. Now everybody's on the bandwagon, and she's got the barb streaming her songs on 17 different devices, so you can have your person win. It's so lame to me. You can support your artists without being a weirdo. <laughs> um, and then here's another fun,
0: burning question for you guys. I had a chance to speak to Ryan Toby from, or formerly of City High, and he mentioned that in today's game, today's music game, artists should be referred to as content creators as opposed to artists. Because the focus isn't necessarily on music anymore. It's about content, whether it's music or TikTok videos or social media moments. Do you think it's fair to call these new artists content creators?
1: 100%? I think it is, but, I'll, but it also worries me. I mean, he's not wrong. They are definitely content creators. They're not artists because artistry is not what we're seeing here. I hope that that does not become a prevailing term because when you open that up, then basically anybody can be a content creator and anybody can be a quote-unquote number one selling artist. <laughs>
0: hmm. Tom, well, aren't I, you a public I, figure? Am I a public figure? Who, me? Everyone's a public figure on Instagram now. Oh, jeez. I have a private account so. on
2: Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, there was something actually more interesting that came out of the interview. Well, not the most interesting thing. That was a dope interview, but, Ed, I need you to confirm this. Ryan Toby made the claim that the label, once they folded up City High and disbanded them, turned the Black Eyed Peas into the new City High, and that's when Where is the Love came out. So City High would have been what the Black Eyed Peas became if they could have kept it together. Do you believe that?
1: No player, I've heard this argument before from somebody. I'm not sure if it was him or who made this argument before. I ain't buying it. And I, I, I get where it comes from because if you, for fans who know, the original Black Eyed were nothing like the Black Eyed Peas that y'all know. So there was definitely an evolution there. But to say that, like, they basically gave the evolution that we were going to get to them, that's weird, and then it's also presumptuous to say that the stuff that worked for them, you would have been able to carry it the same way. Eh, that's a stretch, like Stretch Armstrong. You missed a fantastic in me a little bit there. <laughs> I see where he's coming from, but I don't. I don't know if I buy it. Hmm.
2: You know what? You, you know what's interesting. Sorry to sidetrack, but have we had a group like that? I'm trying to think of like an actual group who had two males and a female. That the was legitimate. Who else was there? It was the Fugees. But, I mean, that no, was more to me. I kind of thought it was hip-hop. I'm talking about an a R&B group. I'm
1: group. Mm. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure can, somebody on this podcast is going to hit us up and remind us of somebody that's completely evading us. I can't think yeah, of yeah. somebody. I'm and sure you're they're th- out there.
2: While you're thinking of that one, when I interviewed Rough Ends, they mentioned there was not any other groups who had just two members, like two, like two male singers as a group. Can you think of any others?
1: I mean, does Casey and JoJo count?
2: I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Although you know, we knew them from Joe to obviously, but. Like a new group, I guess. He the point he was trying to make. What like about Luke and to, Q? Uh, well, look what happened. They never came out.
0: Yeah. Huh. Hmm. That's
2: a good one. If anyone out there's listening, you could think of one. Hit us up on Twitter, because I'm curious too. I can't think of any.
0: Yeah. Well, while you guys are thinking, can I get into the soul backtrack of the day really quickly? Of All course. Right. Um, I have two here, so we're gonna have to figure out which one we want to do here. We can either go with the Black Eyed Peas record "Boom Boom Pow," or City no. Highs, or City Highs Caramel.
1: Um. Remember when we were talking about cauliflower earlier? One is cauliflower with cheese on it. One is some straight up cauliflower. Give me Claudette. She puts the cheese on the cauliflower. You can have that bland boom boom pow. (laughs) Tom, that was a big song.
2: (laughs) I guess, yeah.
1: Wow, no love for that song, eh? No, no. my My wife liked it as a workout song, so that's why I had to hear it when she would do gym stuff. But I never want to hear that again. What about what would you do? What for? City high? Sure, I yeah. love city high. Oh, I never really liked that no. song. Oh, that song is just hilarious, like <laughs> in an ironic sort of way. I don't like that song as in, oh, I'm going to rock it right now. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. I just like listening to it because it's kind of hilarious when you listen to the lyrics. Why is it hilarious? That's a deep song, man. That is the most ridiculous situation you've been in. What are you gonna I mean, do when you're yeah. sitting at home and crying on the floor and beat the, and the, and there's a sky open up and there's a dragon in your house and there roaches running around and you have a what? credit card with all decline? It's like the worst situation you could ever put people in. It's not yeah. realistic, so it's hilarious. I
0: and mean, the way that that chorus is arranged, it's like a party song. Just how fast? Yes, it is. It is. It's like you're celebrating <laughs> poverty. Yep. <laughs> that's, a we- yeah, that's a weird. That's oh. a weird song. Yeah, and I wonder how much of their royalties that they lost when they put the Dr. Dre song in the middle of it.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot weird. about that. I forgot nope. about that. They probably. Lost but I will hear nothing bad against. Yeah. <laughs> caramel was my song though, so now we yeah. hear nothing bad against caramel. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so, can we get into the play it please really quickly here? Oh yeah, you've yes, been sir. waiting for this. Uh, I've got two here, and this one I uh, this is no shot at the publicist that I was just speaking to because I see this a lot actually, even in my work. Um, people ed, and you're the grammar police here. But why do people get advice and advise confused with one another?
1: Like, please advise. I don't under- I don't know why people confuse. Everything that they confused. Like if you just stop for a second and sound out the words, it makes no sense. I well, don't know. People are no, here. Right.
2: No, the one that bothers me the most is, is um bought versus brought. That you just I just brought that new Darnell Jones album. That one bothers me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see it all the time. You, you brought that new Darnell Jones album. You never seen that ad? Oh, I've seen it, but I feel like that needs to be on my, back when my wife was teaching English, that needs to be on one of her grammar correcting quizzes. Tell me everything is wrong in this sentence.
2: I see it so much, I almost feel like, I'm. am I pronouncing something wrong? Like,
1: am I the one that's wrong? I don't, it's weird. <laughs> No, you're right. It's like when I'm the only one that's saying, Chris Brown, has. why does he have 100 songs that we're celebrating and no one can name it? Am I the only one that sees a problem with this? And everybody's like, I don't see anything wrong with it. We just kind of accept crazy things.
0: <laughs> well, this is kind of crazy. Kalani recently tweeted out that uh, she is the only artist to put out a real R&B album in a long time, which got the people riled up including justin bieber who said i also put out an, a real r&b album this year which pissed everyone else off but
1: that's like two negatives in like one tweet is <laughs> oh, a double God. negative tweet <laughs> i mean i haven't heard the kalani album so i can't well, first of all that's actually absolutely ridiculous statement that she said but i haven't heard her albums so i can't diss her album i haven't heard good things but what's to say but i have heard that bieber album and if it's some r and B, i don't know there's an r and a b in his name but it ain't one in that album oh this
2: is classic marketing guys
1: you see she
2: she just did that to you know troll people and then look she got a reaction from justin bieber who probably ended up retweeting her or something so then everyone took notice from his fan base perfect marketing tactics
1: Oh, it's perfect! It's just like when they had when Megan the Stallion had all of her friends come over in their drawers and made pancakes while they played the Justin Bieber song over. Come on, now, I'm not crazy. This is all what? a game. <laughs> you didn't see that video?
2: <laughs> I don't there watch was a Megan video. Thee
1: Stallion videos, man? Are you kidding me? Oh, you can't escape some things on the Twitterverse, unfortunately. Yes, that that song called Yummy or something. It was her and. Four of her thick featured friends were up in the kitchen Mm. stirring up pancake batter. Calm down, Kyle. But they (laughs) were doing their thing while the song was playing in the background. These people need to take
2: themselves to church, man, and find the Lord. No, no.
0: Guys, guys. If they want to call themselves content creators, I say let them create.
1: (laughs) He says as he has uh, the the victoria borde video in the background Yeah, not him, guys I
0: do. <laughs> um yeah uh ed what's going on
1: with dot com? oh my gosh more than going on here because we have lost our minds as usual as we tend to do at the end of the podcast anyway stop by soul and stereo because we always have a little bit of Heat over there. I had my boy Jacob come through, one of our contributors, and he jumped on the na- the latest head-to-head Head with Ed. We talked about Tyler the Creator, and keeping the hip-hop train rolling. I ranked all ten, good lord, of Rick Ross's dis- albums in his discography. Yes, I skipped the mixtapes because I'm not trying to kill myself. That man has a lot of albums, and maybe two of them are good. So make sure my work is not in vain, and go check that out on Soul and Stereo.
0: Nice. And Tom, over at You Know I Got, so we've been doing a lot of interviews, and I actually just uh, started putting those interviews up on Spotify and Apple Music, so you guys can go stream it there, but Tom, you put together a really cool article, a very informative one, Where Are They Now, the 90s edition, so you'll get to know Ed, uh, what Donnell Jones has been up to, what John B. has been up to, and what Link has been up to, so... Tom, I got to ask, will some people still think that John B's last album was Cool Relax? Ah, uh, jeez. <laughs> this is What I did was, I had done this for the groups
2: previously, and I was inspired by what Ed has put together on Soul and Stereo. This is kind of just a, a, not nearly as well put together as he does. This is more so for the people out there who are looking to know what their favorite, the last thing they put out was. Ed's is, you know, I'm going to, I actually plan to link to every one of Ed's articles he's done, in this article when I get a chance because he really does it a lot better but there's a lot of people Ed, I know those are some of your most successful articles and there's a lot of people looking for what their favorite artist has done they can't even go on Instagram and, and just look at their latest posts so they need stuff like this
1: yeah it's weird that it's like People a lot of times think I have like this magic connection to a lot of these artists when I did the Karen Williams whatever happened to not long ago. And people were like, oh my gosh, how'd you find her? I'm like, I Googled and tweeted. like It wasn't that hard. And she was very responsive and a lot of these artists are because most of them are good people. So we're just here to help kind of spread the word and share our love of R&B. And shout out to Tom for the shout out earlier. That was cool. Very nice of you.
2: I even had to research one of your favorite artists like Terrence Trent Darby to figure out what he's been up to.
1: Terrence Trent Darby. He has been, I think he (laughs) might be my most requested whatever happened to, and I have not been able to do it because I don't know how deep you've gotten into your research, but he has changed his name. He has like done all this stuff. The man is just like, I'm like, man, this would be three episodes of unsung. I don't know if I'm built for it, but he is doing his thing. So shout out to him. There was a time where they thought he was going to be next up.
2: Hmm. I didn't get very deep in the research. I literally looked on Spotify and Wikipedia to find the last thing he put out and put in the article, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's amazing, You can't song.
2: find these. You can't find information on these guys. Oh, I don't even know how you can put your articles together, man.
1: It takes forever, and that's why when people are like, oh, you should just do one so-and-so. Well, have you tried? This is hard. I have not yeah. been able to get info on poor Terrence Trent and... He is kind of elusive these days
2: I, I actually found one um, in my research. Your site came up when I was researching one person. it was um Myron so yes I came across your article and I linked to you in that in that section and then I saw he in the comments actually wrote a comment on your site what he'd been up to. I was like, "Wow!" Yep, then that's they, what
1: <laughs> that's what happens a lot. A lot of times, these artists—I don't know if they're just sitting around hitting refresh, waiting for somebody to write about them—but they just pop up out of nowhere and like, "Hey, I'm here." That happened with um, Alexander O'Neill. We talked about mm. Karen White. A lot of these artists, and it's cool. It's always cool when they reach out. Your girl um, Kyle CC Penderson hit me up, so <laughs> it's wow. cool when these artists are out here and they're like, "Hey, I'm still alive, and we're still celebrating you." nice nice all right guys i think that's
0: it for this week we'll we'll be back next week hopefully with video so you guys can see us as well and uh i was gonna wait until next week to say this just so we could see ed's reaction live but i'll just say it right now just because this is the end of the audio era ed summer walker is dropping ep in the summer apparently i thought she quit
1: summer walker is dropping an ep in the summer you going to get Summer Walker out of the house in a pandemic to drop some new music? You have more hope than I do. <laughs> oh, all right, You all can't right. get her to go to her own concert. So what are you expecting? Go ahead and get your hopes up.
0: Well, we will see. Hope
1: you like five two-minute songs.
0: <laughs> Ed, relax. We'll continue this next week. But guys, we are out of here. Uh, everyone stay safe and uh, check back in next week.